It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. I wanted to let all of you know what we have going on over at 1001 Stories for the Road, which is one of our four podcasts. We're currently approaching our fifth part of Captain John Smith, The Real Story. And if you're interested in knowing how the east coast of the U.S. was first explored and settled, that being through the Carolinas, Virginia, and the Chesapeake Bay, and the true story of Captain John Smith, which will amaze you, this is it. There is no rewriting of history here, and you'll get an honest treatment of what occurred, minus any political correctness that's been added in the years since. Some scholars who studied Smith's general history could never understand why he always talked about himself in the third person, assuming from the complimentary nature of the text that he wrote it all by himself about himself. But it was men like Anus Todkill, George Percy, Master Scrivener, and others who contributed much of that text. To me, this story gives us an incredible eyewitness account of what it was like to be the first civilized man to set eyes upon a completely new land, inhabited by people who had not advanced in time. Ray Bradbury, the legendary science fiction writer, might have imagined a scenario like this for a story of space travelers landing on Mars. But this story is a drama, and a real one, that occurred only four long lifetimes ago in North America at a time when Europe, with its established cities, although still warring, had experienced a renaissance in culture and a growth in civilization that was spreading slowly from one unexplored corner of the world to the next. The Spanish had explored from Florida to California in North America and the American Southwest, but the territory between Florida and Maine was largely unexplored and unsettled. It was wild country. The east coast of North America might as well have been Mars to these Englishmen. Our modern-day history classes teach history students that the white man arrived on the shores of the New World eager to plunder, kill, and subjugate the peaceful Indians, taking away their land by treachery and attacking their villages. It's no wonder the average history student thinks the massacre at Wounded Knee explains the entire white versus Indian story and thinks the U.S. cavalry is a bunch of bloodthirsty murderers. With this story, we can trace the whole white versus Indian story back to its roots and establish some perspective. In doing so, it serves as a big history lesson. In this part, part five, we follow Captain Smith and his men on two voyages of discovery northward and throughout the largest inland bay in the U.S., the Chesapeake Bay. Voyages that were taken in a small 15-foot shallot with a sail and backup oars, very primitive, and almost sunk in storms more than once, but it served its purpose in the end and held together. 
Smith, who had received special training back in England for map-making, carefully notes the names of the rivers, bays, tribes, villages, inlets, and more for posterity. And I'm posting his map on our Facebook site today. But if you look at a modern map of the Chesapeake Bay, probably 75% of what you'll see was originally placed by him on his map as a result of eyewitnessing it, getting the names from the Indians, and putting it on his map. In this story, you'll find that Smith is a good leader and statesman, and instinctively knows how to deal with the Indians they encounter. His purpose? To make alliances, explore, and map. The Indians, you'll find, are all warlike, and armed only with bows and arrows. They fear the English and their muskets, and constantly try to lure them into traps to kill them. That was their way of life. The English offer them beads and copper and try to make peace with them, usually succeeding, to the point where they're hosted and feasted by various tribes. The English, or whites as they're often called in this narrative, don't want to subjugate them. They ask where the waters lead to and what's around the next bend in the river. The Indians, on the other hand, want to know what tribes have attacked the English and what tribes have been beaten back because most of the tribes hate each other. They steal women and children from each other and fight each other constantly. Hearing that these whites have caused another tribe pain is great news to them. That was the state of Indian affairs in 1608. On these trips, Smith and his men will discover a bearded Indian named Mosco who will prove very helpful. Historians today suspect Moscow was captured as a boy when a short-lived Spanish mission was tried somewhere up in the bay in the 1500s. Historians have never found that location. They will also discover a race of giant Indians called the Susquehannocks, another find that historians today are still discussing. Well, it's time to get to our story. We ask you to join us at 1001 Stories for the Road, and we'll leave some links in the show notes for you. Meanwhile, we do have a website that covers every episode we do on all four of our shows. And that's called 1001storiespodcast.com. Thanks for being such great fans. Enjoy.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.